Hello, and welcome to the Mind of a Football Coach Podcast. Today we're going to talk about practice. I know I've done a couple podcasts about practice, but I think it's important that we revisit practice because it's something that we do often, and uh, we should constantly revisit practice and how we practice and what are the best ways to practice. How do we maximize our, our time? How do we ensure that our players are learning? And yeah, all those things. How much is too much? How much is too little? And we just continue to go round and around. I know for me, I do at least when I'm thinking about how do I practice? How do we get the most out of our, our time together uh, as, a, as a football team? So yesterday, we, <laughs> we had a bunch of rain uh, and thunderstorms, so we had to adjust, right, when it thunderstorms here in West Virginia, or especially in the southeast when I'm coaching Florida and Georgia. There are a lot of times you have to adjust your practice plan because there's going to be inclement weather. But as, you know, you look at the radar, right, you go look at the weather app or whatever during the, during the day, uh, we make decisions upon what are we going to do when we can't go outside. And yesterday it worked out well for us because we had uh, we had a scrimmage, inter-squad scrimmage, and then we could watch that film. Uh, we used the huddle focus camera to do that, and I'm sure a lot of people do that now as well. I've talked about that camera a couple of times because I love it. I think that the huddle focus camera is one of the best inventions of all time because now you don't have to scramble to find the film guy every year. Who's going to film our games? Who's going to film our games? Who's going to film practice? Uh, the huddle focus camera does that for you. So that is a plug for the huddle focus camera. I know a lot of the teams that we play have it, but if you have huddle and you don't have that camera, buy it. Get the package that includes it because it is well worth the money to to do that. So and we watched our film, and then you make corrections. And I, as a coach, obviously you watch the film first and you make the corrections, but then as you watch the film with the players, oftentimes, I know for me, I see more things that need corrected. And I don't think that makes me a bad coach. I think as a coach, uh, the more film you watch, the more times you watch, the more things you notice. And then we watch it as a team. I'm big on watching film as a team. Uh, or if we come after a varsity game when the JV's about to play, I'm, I'm there. I like having the, the whole team watch the film because I think it, it breeds accountability uh, for your team. I know in, in college and professional ranks, a lot of times people break into different uh, position groups, but that's just not how we do it. And plus, there's only a couple, there's really only a handful of coaches at our meetings during the season because a lot of our other coaches coach JV. So we treat JV very seriously here, uh, treat it like a varsity game. And uh, so we, we make the cut ups. And then that's another thing that we do. A lot, oftentimes, you know, I've been at places where we'd watch the whole game and that's just not something I want to do. I don't want to watch the whole thing. Let's make the cut-ups of the things we need to fix. And obviously it's the things that we do well. So we want to make sure that we, we have all those things in the cut-up. So we made that, uh, it was thundering and lightning outside, so we couldn't go outside, but then, uh, we lifted some before and then, uh, we eventually went out and did some, did a tackling drill and, did a, did a correction period. That's one thing I've, I really have enjoyed uh, doing as a coach, and I enjoyed it as a player as well, is a correction period. 
is a period after a scrimmage or a game where we go through and correct the mistakes we, we made. So our brains understand we don't need to make those again. And, and then how do we fix it? Because really the important thing for us is how do we fix it? How do we make it better? How do we ensure that we don't make that mistake again if we see the same look? Now, obviously, people have different schemes. There's different players on different teams, right? Certain teams have more talent than others. But let's not make the same mental error that we made before. And to me, that's what the correction period is all about, is let's not make those mental errors again. Let's do it right so our brain understands how we do it correctly, and then we continue to do it well and just go, just go from there. Uh, so I'll run through our practice plan today and talk through this and kind of some thoughts about practice and yeah, so today's a full, uh, full padded practice for us. And if anybody wants this sheet, I will share with you the, uh, this template. Cause I think this, this works well for us and, uh, it's easy to print. I've created a couple of years ago and I think it just really, it helps us organize practice and it's not overly complicated. It's something I stole from a program a couple of years ago. Uh, I actually saw it in a, it was a paper copy and I went and just made the electronic copy. So uh, it's full dress. Uh, and then on the left-hand side of the uh, spreadsheet, it says time and it has the times for practice. I'm not a period person. I just want to know the time. So that's what we have. So four o'clock, four o five flex. Flex for us is all dynamic movement. We do not do a static stretch. I don't believe in static stretch and we just don't do it. And then after that, today we have a, a spider drill. Spider drill for, for us is three level Oklahoma. So you have a ball carrier, then in front of them you have an offensive lineman and defensive lineman on the sideline. Then you have a running back and linebacker at the numbers, and you have a wide receiver and DB at the hash, and the running back's trying to make it through all the way to the hash without getting tackled. And then you have the defenders trying to get off blocks and make tackles. I got that drill from a guy named Kenny Dallas, who is the head football coach at Trinity Christian School in Sharpsburg, Georgia. He's been on the, he's been on the podcast before. And we do that instead of Oklahoma drill because we get a lot more work in that drill. So we'll have that. And that's all within a five-yard increment. So from the goal line to the five, all of those people are located. And then we skip five yards, so there's a buffer. And then we do the JV uh, in the same lineup five yards away. And we get a lot of kids in. I filmed it before. I think it's a good teaching tool if you want to film it with your iPad or your phone or whatever you use to film it, or the huddle focus camera, that won't get close enough to film that the way you want it. And then after that, uh, and we don't put water breaks in our practice schedule. Uh, at, at the notes section of our practice plan, it says water will be available at all times. So players can go get water whenever they need it. And then we have players who are injured or managers who bring practice around uh, to the different position groups. So we don't have to take water breaks. Uh, I mean, sometimes we, we give them water. If the whole group needs water, we send them over to get water. But a lot of times, the water is available to them in their groups. Then we'll do individual. And this is a typical plan for most places I've ever coached and the, and a typical plan for most people I talk to about coaching football. And we do individual. Then we do some sort of group. So today's inside run and one-on-ones. Then we do team B, and then NDO, 7-on-7, and one-on-one pass pro, team O, and then special teams a big thing for me at the end of practice is to do special teams because sometimes you can get your conditioning in there and you can uh you know it gives your some of your players a little bit of a break because we have a lot of two-way guys they've been going all day they're the first team guy on offense and defense and then special teams is slowed down and we will do special teams every day 
uh, during during the season. I think it's important that we do that. Obviously, when we scrimmage, we don't do special teams because uh, at most scrimmages I've been to, there's not a special teams period. Now, when we go to scrimmage uh, a team here in a couple of weeks, we're going to do a couple special teams periods because I think it's important that you get a live kickoff and a, and a field goal. Well, a live kickoff and then field goal is not live. You don't want your hit, kicker to get hit in the preseason. But it's important that we do special teams at some point in the scrimmage before the season because we need to know how that's going to work, right? Do we need to make some adjustments, whether that's scheme or, or personnel? And we have a wonderful special teams coach here. Uh, coach Roy does a really good job getting the special teams organized. And you have to give it a, enough time, but not too much, right? So you don't want to give an hour to special teams every day. I think 15, 10 to 15 minutes is a, is a good time period. And I was <coughs> – excuse me, I was talking to another coach about – about practice, because when I talk to coaches that are that are, that are really good coaches, uh, this guy is a is a legend in the state of Georgia. I I ask them about practice. That's the biggest thing I ask, because scheme can change, right? That can change. Uh, who you're playing can change. But how do you practice? How do you make sure you're getting the most out of your team? And when I asked this coach about practice, he gave me the number of 15 minutes. A 15-minute period is, is enough time. And it's not too little, but it's not too much. You're not, getting to the area, you're not getting into the area of diminishing returns in 15 minutes. So you have to be able to break up your practice plan to where, to me, there's not a period longer than 15 minutes and not a period shorter than five. I think that it's important that we work in those parameters so we keep our practice moving and our players engaged because – you know, we're working with teenagers, so we want, we want to keep them engaged, keep them moving, and get, get a lot of reps. Uh, and something I tell our coaches often is no sermons on the practice field, <laughs> none of that. <laughs> we can, you can talk in meetings, you can talk before practice, but once we're practicing, we are practicing, we are going. And I think that's something that all the good coaches I know do. And I think it's also important that you've heard me talk about this, I think it's important to script certain parts of practice, but I also think it's important that as a play caller, you have parts of practice where you have to work off the cuff because that's how a game works. And we want to be ready for games when they come. Obviously, we want to be able to rep all our plays during the week, all our formations, motions, adjustments, those kinds of things. But it's really important that we also allow ourselves some room for something that's unscripted because inevitably that'll happen during a game, right? We're going to, have, we're going to be in a situation where, hey, we've got, we got to have a play. Got to have an offensive call or defensive call. We want to make sure we're ready to do that when it is live and happening during a game on a Friday night. So thank you all for listening. If you want to uh, be on the podcast, even during football season, I can do some early morning hours. Uh, if you have any comments, please send an email to Zach, Z-A-C-H dot Davis 24 at gmail.com. And have a wonderful day.